here this great Monday morning, day that the Lord has made. We never seen before today. Amen. It is 6.05 a.m. this morning, Monday morning, June the 28th. Amen. We thank the Lord for this brand new day that he has made that we've never seen before today. We give him all praise, glory, and honor. Belongs to him this morning, God, who's in control. Amen. How he's never out of control. He holds everything together. He's a keeper this morning. Amen. He keeps those who want to be kept this morning. And he's keeping us alive that we may continue together in his name, united as one voice, crying out to him, praying to him as he has commanded us to do his people called by his name, his chosen generation. So we consider it an honor this morning to be called by the Lord, but we consider it a greater honor to answer that call. Amen. This is how we honor the one who have honored us. Amen. As we answer the call and we serve the Lord. Amen. And he takes all of the honor anyway. So we bless his holy name this morning. So again, Pastor Sherry and I welcome all of you this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God. We thank the Lord for a wonderful service on yesterday. We thank the Lord for a wonderful uh, word, amen, and praise and worship. Just a great day, amen. Home going was wonderful, amen. And just pray, amen, that, that some soul that was sitting out there, even though they didn't get offered the challenge, but decided that it's time for change in my life and that we're just praying now, Lord God, that there'll be an aftershock, an after effect that'll snap them into reality that they can know, God, that life is uncertain. You could be here today and gone tomorrow and they'll do the right thing to begin to live their life in light of eternity by believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and therefore they shall be saved. So we're just praying a continuous comfort over that family that, Lord God, they will just continue to draw closer to you and call on your holy name in Jesus' name. And we thank you this morning, Father God, for it. We continue to pray for those that are on our on our on our minds and hearts this morning. Pastor Eric's father, Lord God, many many others out there. The, uh, Sister King, Lord God, having problems with her knees. Lord God, many many others out there. Uh, uh, Deaconess uh, McNair, you know, problem with. Her, 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 her after effects, oh God, from her rear end accident. So we lift these souls up to you, God, these bodies up to you, these lives up to you, and we just ask you to touch them right now with that healing virtue. Let it flow, permeate, Lord God, touch every organ part of that body, cause it the function infection you created in the day, and with your strike, we declare them healthy, sound, whole, and well. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray, amen. All right then, well, again, we are in the book of John, amen, uh, the 16th chapter. We're going to pick up our study this morning at verse 16, amen, making a little transition uh, today. Uh, we're going to focus more on the resurrection, amen. We talked about the work of the Holy Spirit, and I was thinking about as I was preparing the lesson, uh, going to speak this morning, amen, from a, a subject this morning, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the resurrection and its effects are foretold in this particular passage. Amen. And it's amazing uh, as I thought about this lesson and read and pondered over this lesson, meditated on it, how it uh, shifted from talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. Now we're talking about the resurrection and the effects that was foretold. Amen. And I, and I love the placement of, of the subject because it, without the Holy Spirit doing the work in us, for those particular people at that time, you know, they struggled. You had the Judaizers and then you had the, 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 the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And the biggest issue that they faced, amen, and was challenged with was what doctrine were they going to believe? 
Some of them believed in the resurrection and others did not believe in the resurrection. Some of them believed in incarnation and others did not believe in incarnation. So you had a, a lot of wind of doctrine and belief. Same thing you have today going on in the minds of, of these people. Now, these were these were very religious cultures. And we did a few weeks ago, we talked about the religionists. Amen. We described them, those prideful people, those arrogant people. And so the same thing with the resurrection. It was hard for them to gravitate uh, to the thought of someone coming back from the dead. Resurrection. It just did not make sense to them. Amen. Uh, you know, re restoration of a life after it's dead. The revitalization or the revitification of a life, you know, a dead body. You know, that just didn't make sense to them, which is what resurrection is, is about. You know, even though there were some early signs and references of it, Amen. But they were still struggling with them. There was there was opposition to that thought, that idea out there in the crowd that Jesus was speaking to. But in order for him to have support when he began to talk about the, res the, re the resurrection, uh, his own resurrection, amen, uh, he, some, he had to have uh, some folks that would buy in. And so this is why the Holy Spirit was so important, because, see, this was a this was a spiritual concept. You had to have the spirit of God to understand. Remember, the word of God is spiritually discerned. And so this is why he had pray for the Holy Spirit to come and do this work in them. What work? To allow them to be able to spiritually discern this new concept, this new idea, you know, that was about to be uh, revealed to them about the resurrection. Because there was such a fear, you know, in, in the area, such a fear on the minds and lives of the people. Same thing it is today when you start talking about when, you know, like the woman at the well, I know in the resurrection we're going to know who the Messiah is uh -huh. when he comes back. But, you know, Jesus was there to resurrect her spiritually at that time. He's right here now with these disciples to resurrect them spiritually and in and, and hopes that when the Holy Ghost comes on them and witness to them internally, that they'll be able to understand there's also a physical resurrection to be had, too. That God has got all power in his hand to raise the dead if he choose to. I mean, did it with Lazarus. Amen. And so they, 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 they're, they're, they're seeing and witnessing these signs and wonders that Jesus is doing, being filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, being led by the spirit of God. But, you know, they don't they don't have the spirit to stomach it or to or to understand it. Some people sometimes feel like they would just be better off not to know something. And so you probably had some minds in this crowd, man, as he shifts now talking about the work of the Holy Spirit and so talking about the resurrection and its effects are going to be uh, had on them, amen, because it's a reality that they're going to have to deal with. It's a reality that we're going to have to deal with, amen, that one day, you know, just like Jesus rose again, one day we're going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to rise too. Most of us have already risen, uh, been resurrected spiritually when we got saved. You know, we were dead, spiritually dead, and the Lord, you know, saved us and resurrected us out of that dead state. And now we are alive and we're living, but there is a future resurrection that's coming and we're all the dead in Christ going to rise. Amen. And so, amen. Praise the Lord. And I'm not talking about those people out there in that physical body. I'm talking about those people that are in the gulf, or that great gulf that's waiting on the good side and the bad side. Amen. In paradise. Amen. Are waiting for the great white throne judgment. Amen. And so we give God praise. Wherever those souls might be, they're going to be raised up so they can stand before that great white throne 
judgment. So he wanted to get this idea planted in them so that the Holy Spirit can begin to do a work in them, confirming the resurrection, confirming the teachings of Jesus Christ, confirming these new revelations that John is writing and giving to us that we might continue to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and have eternal life through him as we learned in chapter 21 of this particular book, John verses 31, amen. So let's get into this lesson this morning and check out this revelation. Again, we're talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ, the resurrection and its effects are foretold here in the scriptures for a reason. Now that they have had a chance to receive the Holy Spirit, don't freak out, don't be afraid, amen. Be discerning of what he's saying, amen. Because you might never know, you might have to, reference it, might have to witness it, you might have to apply it. Amen. And so in the book of John chapter uh, 16, verse 16, it says, a little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while and ye shall see me because I go to the father. But it's just some things I still got to tell you before I go to the father, you know, Cause it's getting ready to happen. You're going to see me being raised up by the father. So I got to get this, this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. You know, this, this, this teaching he doing right now, he's working on their psychic. He's working on their mind because you're at that critical point now. Amen. And he getting ready to die. Going to be put in that sepulcher and they're going to go to the third day and he's not going to be there. So he's ahead of time now preparing their minds because now some things are going to happen once he leaves that's going to be synonymous to this idea is because, number one, the Holy Spirit's going to come on them. So they're going to have the ability to spiritually discern what he's saying. Second thing is he's going to be able to bring it back to their remembrance at that time when they're seeing all this happening that Jesus is foretelling them. They're going to begin to understand the effects it's going to have on them. You know, it's kind of like premature right now as he's teaching and telling them. But man, when it go down, when it actually happened, when it comes to pass, when he's glorified, Holy Ghost going to bring everything back to their remembrance that he's saying to them now, teaching them now, preparing them now, getting that mind right now, you know, because they're not thinking about no get, about getting in no grave, even though he told them and taught them that in the prophets that prophesied that. They're really not thinking about that. They're really not paying much attention to that. They, some of them already done called Jesus a blasphemer. Some of them already done opposed the idea, the thought that he was the son of God. And so he's still working on those 12 disciples, just like he's working on the rest of the crowd. And he's letting them know, amen, you're going to see everything that I've told you from John, the first chapter, all the way up to chapter 16 right now into chapter 21. You're going to see it manifest. You're going you're gonna to see that victory. You're going to see it with your own eyes. You're going to witness it. You're going to see them take me. You're going to see them nail me and hang me on that cross and crucify them. And, 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 and when you go to that tomb, you're going to find out that I'm not there. I've already risen. And, and so, and so, and to prove out their doubt when it actually went down, getting a little ahead of myself and they went, it wasn't them that went, it was the, the, the three women that went there and the tomb had been rolled, the, the stone had been rolled away and they went and told them and witnessed to them just to prove the point here that their minds had not yet been developed to the concept of resurrection. You know, ain't no way, you know, they start thinking somebody done stole the body. Mm. No, no, no. What he had told them came to pass. Okay. Just getting a little ahead of myself, you know? And so he goes on to say, anytime we hear the word resurrection, people become perplexed about it. Even today, just like 
when Resurrection Sunday come around, you start talking about, well, happy Resurrection. Some old school folks looking at you like you're crazy. Well, happy Easter, you know, happy Easter. You know, they haven't gotten, it's still perplexed for them to understand. It's not about Easter bunnies and bunnies and rabbits and all that. And, you know, it, it, it's about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that sacrificial lamb. Amen. And it says, you know, you know, it, 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 uh, it's perplexing for people. It was perplexing for them, just like uh, uh, they did back then. It's the same thing today. You know, come on, let's face it now. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was predicted. So when it came to pass or when it comes to pass in the minds of people, amen. I don't know why his disciples were so perplexed about, about it when he had already given them a heads up what was going to go down. You know, this behavior reminds us of uh, how unprepared people are today when they've been advised and warned, amen, to be ready for Jesus's return. You know, it's like they're treating him like he, he did not get up. He's not at the right hand of the father. He's not coming again, even though they say that. Mm-hmm. But the key is just like the disciples, when, when he rose again on the third day, they were not the ones that go to the tomb to see. And it's just like people today. Suddenly, all of a sudden, something happens and take them out. And we find out they're not prepared. Sometimes we find out they are prepared. You know, and it's just like today. You know, people are like thinking they got all this time. You know, they're, they're putting off today for tomorrow. They're not thinking about eternity. You know, they're not thinking about that. They're not thinking about when your life ends. Okay, where you're going to spend eternity? Because you're going to have to get up one day. Amen. And stand before God. Okay. And give an account and we find out what your eternal fate is going to be. And now is the only time we get to be resurrected spiritually by believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can begin to live our life in light of that eternity as resurrected, as spiritually resurrected men and women of God filled with the Holy Ghost, sealed with the Holy Ghost, healed with the Holy Ghost and walking in victory. in that resurrection in life that he's already promised us through Jesus Christ. See, he says, I'm, I'm the resurrection in the life. I give you that power. Okay. And so it was very perplexing and it's perplexing now. Amen. But you have to be able to have the spirit of God to, to, to understand the concept. That's why he taught them about the work of the Holy Spirit first. He was getting ready to drop some very powerful revelations on them about resurrection. So they needed all the help they could get. Now, remember, the Holy Ghost is going to be the helper. He's going to help you to understand. He's going to teach you all truth. He's going to bring everything back to, the, to, to, to your mind that Jesus taught. You know why? Because, see, this is, this is, this is spiritual conversation that he's having with them. You know, this ain't just, even though he's on the earth physically, but remember, we talked about he's getting ready to depart from them, but he's going to be with them spiritually. You know, and you're going to have a teacher to continue to teach them these revelations. Verse 17, he says, then says some of his disciples. Notice now it says some of his disciples, not all of them. Remember, there was that split. Then says some of his disciples among themselves, what is this that he saith unto us? A little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while and ye shall see me. And because I go to the father. And so, you know, they're trying, wait a minute, you know, you know, so he's beginning to work on that psychic. He's beginning to work on that mind, dropping some things on them. Amen. You know that, 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 that they're going to be confronted with again when it actually happens. Nevertheless, his resurrection was very puzzling for them at that time, made his disciples very perplexed. Okay, and and no doubt others around when they heard this teaching and this concept, they didn't matter as much as his disciples. 
Okay, they they were they were chosen to believe him. They were chosen to be able to do what he did while he was with them. They just they just wasn't prepared yet to do it. So they were kind of like I love this about Jesus. Before he prepare anything physical, he always liked to work on a person's mind spiritually, work on their life spiritually. Because all this work that they're going to be do- be doing now after he leaves, the work that he did. They're going to have the Holy Spirit, the paracleto, walking alongside them to help them. You won't physically have Jesus now walking among you in the synagogues and teaching. You're going to have the Holy Spirit living inside of every believer. So it's kind of a, 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 a I would say, a strange concept, but a spiritually strange concept. Not just strange in the net, but it's spiritually strange. This is why you got to have the Holy Ghost to help you discern it. Because the Holy Ghost knows the mind of God. He knows the Spirit of God. He knows what God is trying to say to us. He's the one that's going to help us to understand it. You know, and if we don't understand it because we didn't ask, he's still going to guide us into all truth. You know, so anytime you decide, I don't understand this, Lord, I need to give me some understanding. Then God will give it to you if you ask, you know, Holy Ghost going to continue to give you the wisdom. Amen. To be able to discern. But if I don't understand what I'm discerning, you know, it, it, it could be disastrous. Remember, there were some folks in the book of Acts as Paul and them to sell us this power. And Paul refused because he, he knew, man, they're going to go out here and make a mess. Even though if they, they could buy the power, they didn't know what to do with it because they didn't understand. They couldn't discern it. They're going to make a mess. The way people live today, why they stay away from the Holy Ghost. They just like being perplexed until they preach another gospel. They help their perplexity instead of learning about the Holy Spirit and what his role is going to be and how, you know, and how God wants us to understand the resurrection and anything that God does needs to be spiritually discerned. Why? Because God is a spirit and they that worship him, serve him, honor him, learn about him, teach about him, talk about him, sing about him, pray about him, have wow. to be able to do it in the spirit, amen, in order for it to count. You can do it in the flesh, but it, nothing counts like doing things by the spirit and in the spirit. Verse 18, he goes on to say, they said, therefore, what is this that he said a little while? And we cannot tell where, what he said. Verse 19, now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while and ye shall not see me and again a little while and ye shall see me. You know, see, Jesus is, is so awesome. He knows their thoughts are far. He knows what's in their mind. He knows the questions. But now the scripture says in the book of Matthew, chapter seven, verse seven says, hey, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open to you. Now they had some disciples who did ask some questions. We remember Philip, you know, we remember Peter. They had a lot of questions. Not all of them. But see, we don't have some time because we don't ask. Even back then, they were perplexed. They didn't understand, but they fell short of asking the question. Not all of them. Some of them did ask questions and they got answers for the rest of them. See, sometimes all it takes is one person to do something to, to be able to help everybody else because one can put a thousand and two, ten thousand. All God wants to know is there one. Remember, He told Abraham, Abraham said, Father, can you find 50 righteous? See, God just needs one. One can put a thousand. And He told Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah, the fifth chapter, He said, Jeremiah, go through the city, you find one believer, one Christian person, one praying person, one person that, that believed the word of God. I'll, I'll bring peace to the city. So God just looking for one. One is that spark, okay? And when he left the 99 and went and went and got the one sheep, so one is important to God. Yes. The next one is important to God. Yes. The next one that's going to believe the resurrection is true. It happened. You know, he, he's looking for just one, amen, because one can get a thousand and two, ten thousand. 
You know, and when two or three gather together in his name, there he is in the midst, amen. And so it was puzzling to them, nevertheless, because they're still talking about it, you know. Nevertheless, his resurrection was very puzzling to them, and it made his disciples very perplexed, amen. And so we're seeing here in verse 19, however, that Jesus Christ knew his disciples, he knew fully ahead of time, of their perplexity, and wished to help them understand. So now he was not telling them these things, perhaps trying to confuse yeah. them because he's not the author of confusion. He's telling them because they're already confused. And we know who the author of confusion is. So he's trying to deliver them out of their confusion, yeah. trying to deliver them out of their misunderstanding to a place of understanding the spiritual realm. Okay? He's already told you about the work of the Holy Spirit. Right now, they should be depending on the Holy Spirit. They should be waiting for the manifestation, you know. But you got to first receive him in order to receive power to be a son of God. You know, so they're in transition. They're moving away from trying to be a natural man to learning how to become a spiritual man, discerning the things of God. Okay, and he's helping them. That's what Jesus came to do, to help them before the promise of the Father would come, which is the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, he says, verily, verily, that means, hey, you got to pay attention to this right here. This is true, true, true here. I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, for your sorrow shall be turned into joy. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying that his resurrection will bring joy. It brings joy, unperishable, impressible joy, unspeakable joy, that kind of joy that the world can't give you, the kind of joy that Jeremiah talked about that's like fire shut up in your bones, you know. And he said there was grief at first, you know, and the shocking news of his resurrection, it was, it was, you know, when they thought about it and they took it in, in the context and they were like, you actually going to die? You're going to leave us? You're going to be crucified? You're going to be put in a grave? They understood the concept of crucifixion. Mm -hmm. They understood that plainly because that was Romans way of getting rid of Christians. That's how they punished them. You know, that crucifixion, man, was, it, it was, it was scary. It scared people. That's why they kept them in line and controlled them. But now you're getting another concept that, hey, you know, I'm a, if they crucify me, then, hey, you can't destroy my life. If you do, I'm going to raise it back up in three days. So this is a powerful transition, you know, in their thinking. But they, 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 they feared crucifixion. And Jesus is letting them know he's going to be crucified. But if they take his life, you know, they can't take it. He lay it down. He got the power to take it back up. He is the resurrection in the life. He is the resurrection power, you know. And so they're kind of like, wow, man, you know, you know, this, 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 this resurrection of Jesus Christ, it, it brings joy. I'm talking about irrepressible joy, unspeakable joy, joy that no other source can give you. OK. And, and even though there's grief in the midst, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. According to the book of Psalm, chapter 30, verse 5, King James Bible. I heard that scripture so much yesterday on the lips and mouths of so many people. I said, man, I, I hope they're able to discern and understand really what they're saying about that joy irrepressible, unspeakable joy. Amen. Yeah. And so joy, you know, comes in, you got earthly joy, you got worldly joy, and you got spiritual joy. Okay, the scripture says in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 20, King James Bible, he says, but he that receiveth the seed unto stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and, uh, and anon with joy receiveth it. Okay? You know, with joy receiveth it. When you hear the word, you ought to have joy that you're receiving the word. You know, because it goes beyond earthly joy. It goes beyond worldly joy. 
The word brings you irrepressible, unspeakable spiritual joy. And it remains and it shall be full. That's what the scripture says. That your joy might remain and that your joy might be full. Okay, that's one of the fruit of the spirit. As long as you got the Holy Ghost, you got that irrepressible, unspeakable joy. Uh, you got the one that can produce it and quicken it in your bones, you know, in your body, in your life, in your heart, in your mind, in your city, in your land, in your earth, wherever you might be, in your family, your seed, your seed, seed. You know, because you can pass this thing on. You know, and verse twenty-one, he goes on to say, uh, a woman when she is in travail has sorrow. Because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish. For joy that a man is born into the world. And so here we go again now. Check out this good report here. You know, a good illustration here is given for clearing up and using this woman's labor to make a clear point here. I love how Jesus can make these comparisons, speak in these parables, he uses the language of the culture to be able to symbology types. You know, he's, 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 he's profound at doing that to illustrate a point or to make a case that people can understand it. You know, I, I, I love this analogy. You know, I've seen uh, mothers in pain when they're, you know, pushing for that baby to come out. But the minute that baby come out and the doctor pop that little butt and that, and that screaming starts, man, bam, that mother's face light up with joy. You know, I remember when I watched Alex come into this world, man, the same thing. So much joy in the room. I was happy. The doctor was happy. Why? Everybody was happy. So we understand what he's saying. And this is the thing about that one soul. You know, that one soul. When that one soul is saved, the Bible said that the angels in heaven rejoice. You know, and that's that un an irrepressible, unspeakable joy. And when one person gets saved, you know, that's the key right there. You know, the Lord is preparing these disciples because he's thinking about the work that he's doing and the work they're going to do afterwards. When the Holy Ghost comes, they're going to be witnessing in all these places that Acts 1 and 8 talks about. All these different tongues and tribes of people going to be gathered. And so it's universal. The Lord had a universal thing in mind there, you know. That they're going to be joy, the joy of the world. That's why the Bible says he's the joy of the world, you know. And so that's, that's his vision. You know, that's, that's what resurrection power would do. That's what the resurrection and life would do. It will spread that joy, you know, if you believe it and you receive it. You know, believe on it. Believe in it, you know. Amen. He's doing this to make the point here. Amen. Something natural that can make a point of something spiritual if you're able to discern it. By the Spirit, Amen. Verse twenty-two, he says, "And ye now, and ye now, he says, and ye now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you." Man, what a promise! Yes, even with the disturbing news about his resurrection, there was an irrepressible joy to follow. If they believe what Jesus is teaching and telling them and revealing them right now, that's the revelation because of the resurrection, because of the resurrection, because no man could take away the joy the Lord would give that he gives. Listen to that now because of the resurrection. OK, if you believe it, if you buy in, no man can take away the joy that the Lord gives. Nobody, nobody, you know, it's, it's irrepressible. Nobody can suppress it. Nobody can take it away from you. Nobody can deny you of it because it comes from the Lord through the spirit. Amen. 
and uh, those things there's no law against any any fruit that, that that comes from the spirit realm that he produces you know he operates it he fun he calls it the function in us with perfection that it might be full and complete nothing lacking missing that joy is full and complete you came this morning when you you know after you got out of weeping that night you know God gave you some joy that morning uh, verse 23 he says uh, while we enter his gate with thanksgiving, come in his court with praise because we have received joy and it still remains. It's still there. I was weeping all night long over my son, over my daughter, my grandson, you know, you know, just, just figuratively speaking, you know, but joy came that morning and we entered his gates with thanksgiving and we came in his court with praise, you know, lifting up the name of Jesus. Just like the book of Psalms chapter 100 said, wow, we the sheep of his pastor. We didn't create ourselves. He made us for that reason that we should rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice, you know, book of Psalms chapter 24, 27, uh, verse 14, you know, uh, verse 23 says, and in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask of my, of the father in my name, he will give it you. And so here he, here he is again now, in that day, okay, in that day when he is rose again, in that day when you come into the understanding, in that day when the full revelation is revealed to you, and in that day when you see it come to pass what was prophesied years ago, when you see it come to pass what I stated to you when I was there with you, when it comes to pass in that day that the Holy Ghost comes upon you and open up your understanding and enlighten you and begin to walk with you, help you, to teach you, and then begin to bring back to your remembers everything that I said while I was with you. The spirit of truth, you know, confirming it, you know, with signs and wonders, performing that word. Amen. Again, the resurrection gives open access to God's presence. You know, you start talking about the resurrection, see how the presence of God show up. The glorious promise it is, okay, that come down from God, the institution of prayer in Jesus Christ's name. That's one of the things that the resurrection open up for us that we be able now because we've been spiritually resurrected to do what to live to have a, a conversation with the one who has been resurrected or the, or the father through the one who has been resurrected we now come and pray in the name of jesus because why he's alive he's no longer dead He's no longer in the grave. He's the way now to get access to the Father. He's the way now to the presence of God. When you come in the name of Jesus, it's like the presence of God shows up. It manifests. Now you know you're in the presence where there's fullness of joy and pleasure at his right hand forevermore, according to the book of Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. It's in that presence, in that glorious presence that David wrote about. He knew something about that presence. You know, while Jesus is gone, you know, he's no longer physically there, so they couldn't physically come in his presence, so they had to come in his presence in the spirit. But nevertheless, the joy is the same. It remained. Jesus left, but the joy didn't. It came through the Holy Spirit. And they were sorry about the news, you know, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he coming, he bringing love, he bringing peace, he bringing joy, you know, he bringing the spiritual fruit with him so that your joy might remain and be full, you know. So that you might rejoice over the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he now sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession, took the blood with them, still making atonement, you know, still interceding for us. And so it's that glorious promise that he made. Now, because of that, prayer was instituted. Remember, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. We don't know how to pray. 
And he told him to pray in this manner. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. All that came as a, as a result of the resurrection. You know, and verse 24, he says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. See, there's prayer right there, asking in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your what joy might be full. He's telling them right there, giving them more instructions about how to maintain this joy over the resurrection and not the sadness. He didn't want them to stay sad because he makes this announcement. He wanted them to be glad about it because it was going to allow them to be able to ask the father through prayer things in his name that their joy might be full. Because, you know, Jeremiah said that, hey, if we call on the name of the Lord, okay, he hears us and answers us and shows us great and mighty things that thou knowest not. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3, the King James Bible. It's all right there. These prophets saw this and foretold this. Now these disciples are actually learning this and being taught this, what the prophets had already foretold by Jesus and by John and by other apostles, you know, and prophets. And so he goes on to say in verse 25, these things, okay, there's these things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, okay? I don't want just anybody to get this. I really wanted seekers, sincere seekers, some people that sincerely desire to know the truth, amen, of God. I don't want it just given to anybody because people go try to market it and sell it. And so he says, that's why I'm speaking in Proverbs. I'm speaking in words of wisdom, wise words, you know, mystery, words that's loaded down with mystery, and it's only going to be revealed to the ones I want to reveal it to for my purpose. So that's why I've spoken in a proverb. You can't just so quickly figure this out. You got to be able to have the spirit to discern this. This is, this is spiritual knowledge, spiritual wisdom, you know, spoken in proverbs. Now, for those who continue to seek him, it's going to be revealed to them just like we're doing early every morning. Amen. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs. I'm going to make it very plain and very clear because by then I would have, it would have narrowed down the ones who are after God and the one who's not. But I shall show you plainly of the Father. So now uh, this, 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 this new lesson we learn here that the resurrection reveals all there is to know about the Father. The resurrection shows and declares the Father clearly so a baby can get this. Okay. Remember what Jesus said. My meat is always do the will of him that sent me. Remember, he said, I say nothing of myself. Everything I say is from the father, what he's given me to say. And we're saying what Jesus gives us to say. We're saying what the Holy Spirit brings back to our remembrance as he discerns, help us to discern between what's right and what's wrong. That we may be able to govern our own affairs and those of others, our children primarily. And so it's very clear right there. Okay. Baby can get that. Verse 26, at that day, ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. There it is. Now, Jesus is praying. Remember, the resurrection is going to give us the ability to pray. Amen. Because we're going to have to talk to somebody when Jesus leaves. He won't physically be there. So prayer will allow us to have a conversation with the Father. We'll have access to his presence. Him in his presence. So, you know, he's saying that that day, you know, I will pray to the Father for you. So the resurrection shows that the approach to God is in Jesus Christ's name. You know, we got to go in Jesus' name. He's letting us know. Okay. Verse 27, he says, For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from the Father. 
So the resurrection shows that the father himself loves every believer. Why? He sent his son Jesus to die, but he didn't leave him dead. He rose him, he rose him up on the third day. And he's saying that same power that rose my son Jesus up is available to raise you up today, first spiritually and then in the resurrection to come. You know, very clear right there. Jesus is the example before it happens for us. He's the example before it, it you know, for, for us to see it, how it happens and believe and discern it. It's spiritual. That's why he's showing it to his disciples, teaching it to them. Because it's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. It's right in front of them. They're going to witness it. But he's preparing them now so that they'll understand when it happens. But let's go a little further before we close here. It goes on to say, Verse 28, I came forth from the Father, and I am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. So I came from the Father. I did my thing in the world for three and a half years. Now I'm going back to the Father. My earthly work is finished uh, so that the spirit of truth can come. So the resurrection validates the Messiahship of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Nobody could have done what Jesus did. Okay? That's why he was the chosen one. Chosen one for the task. We are chosen. Remember, we're a chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation unto God, peculiar people, that we should show forth the praise of him who have called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, you know, Second Peter chapter, I want to say chapter um, 2, verse 9, I think it is. Chosen generation. You, you know the script I'm talking about. So Jesus was chosen for this task. And so he proved his father. You know, to be correct in choosing him as the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, son of the living God, and sent him to the earth to take our place, to reconcile us back to the Father. Okay? And so he's saying it right there. Okay? You know, I'm leaving this world just like I came. I've done what the Father sent me to do. Now I'm going to be glorified and be back with the Father. But I'm not going to leave you confident. I'm going to send you a confidence. I'm going to send you a counselor. I'm going to send you a paracletos, the one to help you walk alongside of you, to guide you. First Peter two and nine. I'm sorry. First Peter two and nine was that scripture. All right. And so we go on here in verse 29. It says his disciples said unto him, lo, now speaketh thou plainly and speaketh no proverb. So the resurrection exposes weak faith. When you start talking about things that are so spiritual and without the spirit, you can't discern them. It shows your weakness. It shows the weakness in your faith because faith requires you to do one thing. Come to God and believe that he who he say is. That he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Now faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. So they're not seeing it, but they're going to see him crucified. But now he's telling them before it happens, before it comes to pass. And it exposes how weak their faith. So long been with him, seeing all these things come to pass that he had said previously. Why now are you doubting him? Why now are you opposing what he's saying? Why now are you struggling with it? You know, why now are you so perplexed about it? You know, it's going to happen. It's right in front of you. So it, 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 that, that's one thing about the resurrection. It exposes, in this particular case, their weak faith. Where did all that faith go that you had a minute ago? You know, and now it's, it's weak. You know, and weak faith won't do it. Verse 30 says, Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest from God. Thank God. Now they're finally beginning to discern some things and get the picture here. You know, just they're they making just a little bit of headway. OK, their faith is still weak, you know, but the phenomenon finale is about to take place. So the disciples declared their faith, even though the Lord had to put them in that situation and ask them, you know, and, you know, expose their faith. We started talking about the resurrection. So now they, they're starting to think about and ponder over what he's been telling them all along. They're doing a sea law moment now. 
you know, you know, but Jesus ain't backing down. He's still, he's still pushing that truth. He's still pushing that revelation about himself. And here in this verse here, we kind of see, man, that they now declare their faith in him. You know, what other, what other choice did they have? You know, the world right now done tried everything else. We need to declare our faith in God. We need to put our confidence in God, our assurance in God, our hope in God, our trust in God, our belief in God. Every other system in this world have failed us. Economy, government, education, even the religious institutions out there failing people, trying to take away all the people's rights. That's because they're becoming more political. They're not becoming more spiritually discerning. Without the spirit, they can't do it. So they go with what they understand to be true or of God. And it doesn't pass the smell test, and a lot of you know that. It's a false way. Verse 31, he says, Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? So we learn here that Jesus questioned their weak profession initially, but the cross, you know, would test and expose their weak profession mm. right in front of them. When they see him on that cross, it's either going to do one thing. It's going to prove who he said he was. It's going to disprove some other folks who they thought he was. You know, that's bound to happen, you know, and we know that that did fare out that way. Verse 32, he says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am, no, I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Man, you know, no wonder there was no fear in Jesus on him, around him. Okay, only those who looked on him, and you know, feared, was full of fear, you know of the unknown. Nothing wrong with being afraid of the unknown, but once it's known, fear got to go because God does not give us the spirit of fear. He gives us understanding. He gives us wisdom. He gives us the ability to discern between what is right and what is wrong. Fear don't come from him. He gives us the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Okay? Once fear is gone, you know. And so he says, you know, uh, here, you know, he's not going to leave you alone. The cross of Jesus Christ would test and expose their weak profession. Verse 33 for the last verse, amen. It says, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The resurrection makes peace available to all believers. Where you at? How far back? How far forward? But right now. All believers must be born of the Spirit in order to have that peace, that joy, that unpressable, irrepressible, unspeakable joy that is always going to be full and complete. We learn that we, uh, that there's the world's peace, you know, always spells trouble. If you don't get nothing else, if you depend on the world for your source of peace, okay, it's going to spell trouble. It spells trouble. Look at how many presidents we've gone through trying to fight for peace in foreign soil, and we ignore fighting for peace here on our own neighborhoods. You know, the 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 peace of Jesus Christ, and that comes at His hands or on His hands. This peace of Jesus, it gives us a triumphant, you know, uh, rejoicing. It's triumphant. Any peace that comes from the Prince of Peace, it trumps everything else. It's triumphant, you know. It goes beyond understanding, you know. It's triumphant over any other attempt, any other system to try to bring and produce peace. It's one of those fruit of the Spirit, you know. First love, joy, then peace. 
You know, anybody strive and aim and try to please God in these things, what things? Spiritual things. Can't without the spirit. You know, can't without the spirit. And this is what the resurrection of God did when Jesus got in that grave and he was glorified. Now the Holy Ghost comes to remind us of that peace, that irrepressible and speakable peace, you know, that I leave with you, you know. That transcends all understanding. So we're going to end right there. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for your word. We thank you and praise you this morning for these revelations, oh, Lord God, about the resurrection, Lord, what it, how it affects us and what it foretold us, uh, Lord God, to come, even though if we choose not to believe it, God is still true. Amen. That you are preparing your disciples, that you prepare us, oh, God, to to understand that there's spiritual resurrection and there is physical resurrection. And we see it all through the work of Jesus while he was on this earth. And we know, Father, it was you that worked through him. So as we prepare for the resurrection to come, we thank you that we have already been resurrected spiritually. We thank you that there are many, many spiritually dead souls that are out there that need to be resurrected spiritually today, God, that in the end, Father God, when Jesus comes back, they'll rise again, Lord God, and be with him in eternity once they learn their eternal fate. So we're praying today, Lord God, people will begin to discern, Lord God, by the Spirit. <coughs> Father, do they want to believe in the resurrection power of God or do they want to oppose him and, and deny it and reject it? We're praying because of the cross and the blood of Jesus that today, Lord God, some person will change their mind and believe your word that have, that have been heard. And we thank you that it won't come back void right now. We thank you for the fruit that should come. We thank you for the joy that is manifesting right now for those who are hearing it for the first time. We're praying for the lost souls out there that hopefully they heard it, they're responding to it, and they're rejoicing because they have an opportunity for salvation. They have an opportunity for the resurrection power of God to bring life to them right now, no matter where they are, Lord. And we just thank and praise you right now for the, the backsliders, Lord God, remembering, oh, Lord God, hallelujah, that irrepressible, unspeakable joy that when they first gave their life to you, God, and before they went back out into the world, we believe that right now they're in the world, they don't have any peace, but we believe right now that they come back to Jesus, or oh, they'll be able to be triumphant, Lord God, and rejoice and we'll, we'll return. We thank you for the prodigal sons and daughters right now, Lord God, coming back to their first love so that there can come a celebration, oh God, a rejoicing, a time, oh Lord, of celebrating the return of that lost soul, that one soul, that one sheep that returns back to the fold. And we thank you for many, many others that are coming right now as a result of the teaching and declaring of this word, God, in the name of Jesus. We give you all the praise and going on for it this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, then, well, we're going to end right here. Open up the line this morning for comments from Pastor Sharon. Amen. And followed by our pastors.